Hi, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Vault Voice. This is a podcast that I started earlier this year, and it's geared towards entrepreneurs that have used their creativity to build their own path. I am one of those people. I had a cushy corporate job for 14 years up until the pandemic hit in 2020, and I was let go in a mass layoff. But I was doing commercial photography for brands and agencies at the same time, going back to around 2012. So that means I have about 11 years of experience that I can draw on. And what I want to do for this episode is share some vital information that I think every photographer and videographer should know and do before taking on a client gig. For every one of these things, I have some kind of nightmare story where I didn't do one of these things or all of these things, and I learned my lesson the hard way. If you're doing photography or videography at a professional higher level, communication and standardized processes are going to be the backbone of your client interactions. The things that I'm going to go through are meant to provide clarity to the process for your client. And they're also meant as a way to protect you to make sure that you are making reasonable commitments and that there are not any unrealistic expectations of you by the client. There may be times when a client reaches out to you and you're all excited about the prospect and they want to shoot right away and you mark it on your calendar and everything is... Stop. Take the time to put these things into place. You're going to thank yourself during the process and after. So let's get started. Number one. What are you doing? What are the deliverables? This is a meaty one, so I'm going to break it down into subparts. The first thing that you need to establish is what are the primary deliverables for your client? There are different ways to structure this, and it's going to be dependent upon what type of photography or videography that you're doing. There are two aspects to this. One is the amount of time that you plan on creating content for your client, and two, the type and quantity of content that you're delivering. Personally, myself, I put more emphasis on the second aspect, the content. Photography and videography are creative endeavors. For me, the value and cost is not based on an hourly basis. It's based on the amount of value and creativity that I'm delivering to my client. I've spent years learning lighting techniques and photography techniques and doing test shoots in order to hone my skills in those areas. So when I do a shoot, I'm drawing upon all of that past experience. This isn't like working an assembly line like punch in and punch out. The same goes for editing. I've literally spent years learning how to edit images and video at the highest of my current ability, and I'm still learning. It won't ever stop. But the techniques that I use are not something that can easily be quantified and broken down to an hourly level. However, I do give estimates on the amount of time that I think it's going to take for the shoot and for the editing time. It's more of a data point and not the primary factor determining the rate. It also provides clarity to your client for planning purposes and sets appropriate expectations. For me, I do commercial shoots, typically on a half-day or a whole-day basis. I will do shorter shoots to accommodate clients with smaller budgets, or maybe they just have less content needs. But generally, most things are a half-day or a whole-day shoot. I include in that a certain number of edits. Those are for smaller jobs. For larger jobs, I do the day rate and the editing rate as separate packages. Either way, determine the amount of edited images that you want to deliver and for what amount. And how much do additional edits cost? Do you provide a package deal if they order a lot of extra edits? And you're going to ask, do I give the client the raw images if they ask? Personally, I do not release unedited images for multiple reasons, the most important being quality control. In the beginning, I used to give clients whatever. And what happened was models or clients thought that they were great editors, and then I would see something horribly edited on Instagram with me tagged in it. That's 
my work and my brand. If I'm taking this seriously, I have to implement quality control. In commercial photography, editing is a large part of the process, and many clients, especially newer brands, will often not understand the process. So it's up to us to describe what our process is and the steps that are involved in that. This helps create transparency and lets your client know what's going to happen during the process. I also want to add that some photographers outsource their editing completely, and that is fine as well. It's still part of the process of determining what the deliverables are. And there's also the scenario where a bigger client may have an in-house editing team that they prefer working with. For videographers, the deliverables are what kind of videos the client is wanting. What is the length of the videos? What are the types of videos that you're creating? Would those videos be in horizontal or vertical format? The resolution? Uh, I typically do both versions for my clients, horizontal and vertical, one being intended for website and one for social media. I'm still a fan of horizontal video myself and there's nothing like seeing a well done video as a background on a client's website. So you need to know what resolution the videos will be delivered in and what format. Also, clients may ask, can I have the raw videos? If you're a videographer, you'll probably agree with me that it isn't going to work out most of the time. I usually shoot in 4K and I shoot in log format. So that means that my file sizes are huge and being that they are shot in log, they need to be color graded and have the contrast added. Unless your client is a professional with video editing, the raw files are going to be useless to them. The second complicating factor is that you would have to find a way to deliver those massive files to them. Some of the shoots that I've done would take hours to upload to an online file sharing platform. I also shoot in different frame rates, bouncing between 24 frames per second and 60 frames per second if I want slow motion. What all of this means is that it's going to be a mess for somebody on the other end that doesn't know what they're doing. What I have started offering recently to clients that ask me this question is I provide a service where I'll take the raw footage and lay it down on one timeline. I'll color grade it and then export it out. I'll do separate timelines for 24 FPS and 60 FPS. That way the client has footage that's in a more usable format and they can use it to create reels however they want. But I do charge for that and the rate depends on how much work it's going to take. This isn't something that I push hard because at the end of the day I would prefer to edit the videos myself and have my own creative touch on them. But if a client is adamant about getting the raw footage, then I offer this option to them. So that's a basic overview of item one. What are the deliverables? I could go into much more detail. That might be another podcast episode, uh, but for the purposes of this podcast episode, we're gonna keep moving on. The second is, what is the usage that the client is wanting for the photos or videos or both? What can the client use the content for? This should be one of the questions that you ask in determining when working with a client. This is why when a client asks me, how much for one picture? I'm not able to give them an answer because I don't have the information that I need. It's like asking how much is a bag of groceries. It depends. In photography, one picture could be for an individual client and they are just wanting something for themselves. Or this could be for a major brand and that one image is going to be on billboards and part of a national ad campaign. The price difference between those two is going to be substantial. Usage is something that you will often have to educate your clients on. Newer clients and companies will often not understand this concept. Bigger established companies will be used to determining the usage upfront because they have experience working with professional photographers and they know that this is one of the items that needs to be determined. There's a wide range of ways that you can decide to handle this, but you need to take into account usage if you want to set your rate appropriately. For me, I have standard usage that is part of my day rate. Standard usage is email, website, and social media. 
I specify that up front. I also specify that anything that is used in a print ad campaign, in-store signage, or a billboard is outside of standard usage and requires a separate licensing fee. If that is the case, then I have them tell me what they will be using the images for, and then I determine a, an appropriate licensing fee. Hey everybody, we're taking a quick time out to let you know that Vault Voice is sponsored by and produced in Vault Place. Vault Place is a 3,000 square foot creative studio space in Miami, Florida. It has two different studios, an on-site wardrobe with lighting and gear included. If you're looking to create something unique and have all of the resources in order to do it, check out Vault Place at www.vaultplacemiami.com. Number three, what is the turnaround time? This is one of those things that you'll be really glad that you did. And if you don't do it, this could be a nightmare scenario for you. I've literally worked with clients even recently where I've had them calling me the day after the shoot asking me when they were going to get their images and I had to remind them of the turnaround time that I stated and was agreed to before taking on the gig. Here's the thing. You're going to have clients that will literally not think that you have anything else going on in your life other than working on their images or video. Also, if you are a working professional, you probably and should have other projects going on and other client work on your plate. And with all of those, you should set reasonable timeline commitments up front. Communicate those with your client and ensure that there's agreement. Proofs. In most of my work, the first step is the proofing album. The proofing album is the client portal that I set up where the client can go and see low resolution versions of the raw images so that they can select which ones they want me to edit. In order for me to create a proofing album, I have to go through the images and do a rough cut and take out any images that are not usable, say out of focus, bad pose, etc. So anything that is a usable image I put into the proofing album. I also uh, may provide recommendations on which ones I think are the strongest images, but at the end of the day, it's the client's choice which ones are going to be edited. My turnaround time for delivering the proofing album is within two days of the shoot date. Edited images. The turnaround time for the edited images is typically one to two weeks, depending on the workload. Now, it's very important for me to clarify that the two weeks is from the time that the client makes the final selection. If you say one to two weeks from the shoot date, your client could make this final selection on day six and then leave you with one day to do the final edits, and then you have to clear your schedule and pull an all-nighter in order to do that. Don't do that. For videographers, your turnaround time should be the time that you delivered the first version of the video. And after that, there should be a timeline for any revisions which need to be made. And that brings us to our next category, which is revisions. For photography, I typically don't have a lot of revisions. There might be things that they may want me to tweak or a detail that needs to be fixed. But if the communication and execution was solid with the client, this typically is not an issue in terms of photography. For video, revisions are typically more common and expected but I would highly suggest setting a turnaround time for revisions. I've literally had clients tell me that revisions need to be made and they thought that I was basically just sitting at my computer ready for them to give me revisions so that I could do them immediately. And that's hardly ever the case. Plot twist, I wasn't. I was on another client gig at the time. Your clients need to understand that there should be some time allowed to make the revisions. Typically I say within 24 to 48 hours. Unless they are major revisions, like completely redoing the structure and vibe of the video. And the one thing with video revisions that's every videographer's nightmare is when the client asks you to change the song. And this raises the question of, do I get the client's approval on a song before or after doing the edit? I've done it both ways and neither is foolproof. 
So it just depends on the client and how particular I think they're going to be about it. However, clients do need to understand that a proper video edit is edited to the timing and feel of the song. You can't just take the same timeline and slap another song on it and have it be the same. It doesn't work like that. If the song changed, then it's probably going to change the timing and the order of the clips, the transitions, any sound design, etc. Next is expediting fees. So let's say that you give your client your timeline and they say that they need to have it quicker than that. It's custom and standard practice in the creative industry to charge an expediting fee if the client needs a rush delivery. My standard turnaround time is one to two weeks. If the client needs it before that, I charge an expediting fee and then propose the soonest possible turnaround time that I myself can commit to. Typically, I charge 25% of the total rate for an expediting fee. However, this can vary depending on the work and the timeline that I'm committing to. At the end of the day, you have to be comfortable with the turnaround time and what you're being paid to deliver by a certain date. If that involves you pulling all-nighters and clearing your calendar and plans, that should be compensated for. Your time is valuable. Treat it that way and charge accordingly. And last but not least, what are the payment terms? This is so critical, especially if your livelihood and your timeliness of paying your own bills depends upon when your clients pay you. Payment terms should be established up front. Number one, what is the rate? This could be its own podcast, but the rate needs to be clearly determined and agreed upon between you and the client. This sounds cliche, but you need to charge what you're worth. I don't base my worth on the number of hours that it takes. I base it upon the level of value that I deliver to my clients. Right now, I work with a lot of startup brands here in Miami, and I like to think that the value that I provide is high-level creative content that makes them look like well-established brands that are often their competitors in the marketplace. That has value, and that's how I sell it. The second is a booking fee. Somebody wisely told me once that you need to make it difficult and expensive for people to waste your time. When it comes to your calendar and scheduling time on your calendar, it's a good idea to have something in place that is a commitment by the client to move forward with you. Otherwise, you're at the whim of the client and that's not where you want to be. You have to have control over your calendar. So what I do is a simple booking fee that I require of clients for me to put something on my calendar. The booking fee is non-refundable, but it goes towards the final balance of a shoot. That booking fee protects you from the client changing dates, especially last minute. Another thing that I've experienced is say the client has to reschedule the shoot because their products aren't going to arrive on time. And while that's unfortunate, at the same time, that's also not my problem and I shouldn't have to take a hit because of it. I found that a booking fee is a great practice and honestly it helps me weed out people that otherwise would have wasted my time. The next is, is what percent payment up front and what percent payment after. There's a wide range of ways to handle this. I just say do what makes sense for you, your work, and your deliverables. For me, that's the booking fee up front and the remaining balance is due before receiving the final images and or video. If you're working with a payment timeline, typically net 30 days is standard. Bigger clients can sometimes do 30 to 60 days. It just depends. Now, when you're working with bigger companies, that probably isn't going to work because they have payroll departments that are separate from their marketing departments. And you know what? They really don't care about your payment timeline, just being honest. So for those bigger clients, sometimes it takes some trust, but you just have to hang in there. It may take longer, but those checks are also typically bigger. So I'm okay with being flexible in those cases. Just don't be afraid to follow up if it gets beyond 30 days and make sure that you know who your point of contact is for their accounts payable department. 
You may also want to specify a late fee if the invoice goes over, say, 60 days. That's up to you, but communicate that up front. The last thing under payment terms is payment before delivering final product, yes or no. This can be seen as a safeguard and a way to motivate your clients to pay you faster. I typically require payment before delivering the final product, but it's just not feasible for some of those bigger clients. And also if it's a client that I've worked with multiple times and I haven't had any issues with payment, I'm gonna have trust in that relationship and not hold up on delivering. So overall, those are the four things that I think are necessary for any photographer or videographer to establish before taking on a client project. And just to recap, the four items are, one, what are the deliverables? Two, what is the usage? Three, what is the turnaround time? And four, what are the payment terms? The last thing that I wanna to touch on is the communication of these items. I would encourage you to build a template that you can use for communicating these items to your client. I do that in an email. You can also do these in a more formal contract. The choice is yours. The important thing is to get some type of client acknowledgement and acceptance of your terms. That's what you'll need if you get in the unfortunate case of a client not paying you for your time and work done. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this helpful. I'd love to hear your feedback about it. And I think that there are episodes that we could do to expand upon any one of these. I hope you found this helpful and stay tuned for more episodes. Thank you.